Today we are continuing in the series, The Kingdom of God or The Kingdom of Heaven, and this is part 10. I'm going to do a brief recap. For last week we covered a seventh truth, and that truth was the value of the kingdom, the value of the kingdom. We were in Matthew chapter 6, and we talked about when Jesus declared these words saying, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I said that has to be important because before that he was speaking about unbelievers and how they seek their protection and their provision. But he said, our Father knows whatever, already knows what we have need of. And we not need to be concerned about that stuff. We need to seek the kingdom. And all the things that we are concerned with, the Father will meet that need. We were also in Matthew 13... And Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God. So right after he said, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, then he started talking about the kingdom in terms of parables. So he was teaching about the kingdom and indicated its importance. He referenced it at times with some of the parables showing the great value of the kingdom. And he said the kingdom of God is, was like a treasure hidden. And we use the, 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 the parables he spoke was about the man and the merchant who was seeking something, treasure. One was seeking treasure, one was looking for pearls. And he found a pearl of great value. So they both were seeking something, but they recognized something of importance, of value, when they encountered it. What they encountered was more valuable than anything in their possession. And their priority was to acquire that thing of great value. So what did they do? They sold everything they had. Basically, they surrendered everything so that they can acquire that thing of great value. So Jesus was speaking those parables to indicate the kingdom of God is valuable. When you recognize it, you will put everything, you will surrender everything to acquire that, that thing. But the important thing is, you have to recognize what it is. And if you don't recognize what it is, you cannot value something you don't recognize. Amen? You just can't. So when we truly find the kingdom and understand its value, we will prioritize and treasure it above everything else. That's why Jesus gave the, the, the parable about the rich young ruler. The story about the rich young ruler who wasn't willing to surrender his wealth to follow Jesus. Because Jesus said, sell all you have and you would what? Store up treasure in heaven and follow me. So the rich young ruler didn't identify, he couldn't identify with the kingdom. That's why he was not willing to surrender his wealth. So we must be willing to surrender everything to enter the kingdom. I'm not saying you have to sell everything you have and live a life of poverty abandon and, and abandon our responsibilities and so forth. What I am saying is that we must, we must make seeking the kingdom of God the priority in our lives. When we do that, the power of the kingdom and the glory of God will, will be revealed through our lives. But we must be willing to surrender. If the Lord says sell everything and move, you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to do it. So when we seek the kingdom, we lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven. 
Because where our heart is, as Jesus said, that is where our focus will be. If the kingdom of God is valuable to us, we will make it a priority in our lives with the understanding that our Heavenly Father provides what we need. So you have to really know that. You really have to believe that. You have to be persuaded. Because if you don't know your Father, if you don't know Christ, you won't be willing to surrender anything. Or what the Lord might require of you. You may not want to surrender it. And with that, you lose out on the benefits or whatever it is God has in store for you. And I pose a few questions. And one of the, one of the first question I posed was, do we trust the king enough to take him at his word? We say we love Jesus. We say we are saved. We say we love God. But do we trust enough to take him at his word? The second question I pose. Do you believe that the Lord is really going to take care of you and your family if you truly follow him? Do we believe that? Or do we just play lip service? And the third question I pose. Am I willing to let go of anything if and when he asks? I mean, those are questions I pose to myself. And those are questions I'm challenging you to pose to yourself frequently. So entering the kingdom of God requires faith. And seeking it requires both faith and endurance. Because it's not a one-time thing. Do we have the faith? And are we willing? How badly do we want the things of the kingdom? Anyhow, that's a brief recap. Today I want to continue with an eighth truth. And this is going to have two parts to it. And what I notice is that... The Lord is not rushing me through these things. There's so much information. But the thing is, we've got to understand. Because when you, you just cover bullet points, you don't really get into, unless you take the time to go and meditate and study this material yourself, you don't really get the understanding and the ability, well, not only the understanding, but to be able to apply to your life, you need to get the understanding. And then have the courage to put it in action. You can hear and understand, but you have to have the guts to know to make a choice to walk by faith and put that understanding to work. Amen. So we're going to cover today and next week the mysteries of the kingdom. The mysteries of the kingdom. And I'll by no means exhaust it because there is a lot. I'm just going to pick some critical things as the Lord leads. So first I want us to go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. We're just gonna, I'm gonna, gonna read that and then we're gonna switch to another scripture right away. Let me know when you're there please. Genesis 22:18. Are you there? So it says, and this is the Lord speaking to Abraham. He said, Abraham, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. The Lord is making a statement which is an awesome statement. And as we go you will see how it's unfolded. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham was walking by faith. And because Abraham was walking by faith he was declared righteous. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. And then 
when you go there, put, go look for First Peter chapter 2. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. And then First Peter 2, 9 and 10. Okay, Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. Well, let's start at verse 5. Now, therefore, well, let me, let me give you the context. The Lord speaking to Moses and telling him to what to tell the people. He says, Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Just keep that in the back of your mind. 1 Peter chapter 2. Right there? Alright, so this is uh, Peter just speaking now. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now we are looking at those two scriptures and if you notice, there's something very, very common in there. What God spoke to Abraham and what he spoke to Moses, the same thing Peter is declaring here. So what does that tell you? Over all that time, what God declared to Abraham, nothing has changed. But the context of it, that's, a, that's, that's where the mystery is. Okay, so as we read that, over time, the way what God said to Abraham, over time we, we are seeing how it's unfolding. And it still continues to unfold even today, up to today. If you are in fellowship with Christ, what was a mystery to the Jews, and still is a mystery to the Jews, will not be a mystery to us. If you are in fellowship with God. Because the mystery was revealed in and through Christ. So if you're in Christ, and if you have fellowship, what was a mystery should no longer be a mystery to the child of God. Amen? Because when people say God works in mysterious ways, it's mysterious if you don't know Him. If you don't know Him, the way He works is mysterious. But when you know Him, it's not mysterious. What might surprise you is, is the way He executes and brings things to pass. That will surprise you. But when it's done, it's not a mystery. So what I want you to focus on there. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. Matthew 16. Let's go to Matthew 16. I have to, I have to build this up and show you. What God said and what he's doing. Matthew 16, verses 15 through 19. Let's go back to verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What are they saying about me? Who do, who do they think I am? 
So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. My Father. Verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And what Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's all I'm going to read. Now I'm not going to talk about everything in here. There's something specific I'm going to focus on. And next week I'll focus on something else. This is the first instance you hear about Jesus talking about the church. I will build my church. Now the Greek word, as we know, if you're a student of the Bible you would know. It's pronounced ecclesia. Ecclesia. And what that means? It means a calling out. Or the called out ones. So he used the word ecclesia. Right? But it's really, what it means is called out ones. That ecclesia doesn't refer to a building. It doesn't refer to an institution. It refers to a people. It refers to a people. So he's saying, I will build my called out ones. My church. Oh my God. I will build my church. And will be made up of called out ones. And give keys of the kingdom of God. Or heaven. Now look at this. As I said. Here we were first introduced to the church. The called out. The ones called out. How does the church fit into the kingdom of God? Is the church and the kingdom of God one and the same? Absolutely not. Because the kingdom was here before the church. When Jesus was doing his miracles, he said, The kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is near you. And he's saying here, I will build my church. So the church wasn't built here. Because the, it's what? Upon the what? The, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So that's the foundation of how he's going to build his church. But anyway, that's a different scripture. But let me, let me just keep on point. So the church and the kingdom of God is not one and the same. The kingdom is before the church. So the, remember that the kingdom is the realm of kingly rule of God. And the sphere in which that rule is experienced. Everything in the kingdom is submitted to and governed by the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The church is the instrument... Through which the reality of the kingdom of God is understood. See? The church, the call out ones, is the instrument through which the reality of the kingdom of God is understood. Because it says what? You must be born again to see the kingdom. That born again experience happens through what? By the Spirit. As the word is proclaimed and people believe, not only are they born again, but they are brought from darkness into the, the body of Christ, which is the church. The called out ones. And with that, then you start seeing the kingdom that you are part of. Amen? 
The mission of the church is to preach the good news of the kingdom in submission to the king so that the king can build his body. So Jesus said, I will build my church upon the revelation of who I am. Revealed to you by the Father. That's what happened with Peter. So, as the, as the church proclaims, the kingdom, the, the body of Christ is built. is being added to. Amen? I didn't lose anybody here, right? Okay, good. So, know that the church is not an institution or a building, as I said before. But a people who form the body of Christ and where the Spirit of God is alive. The kingdom is revealed through the church and is proclaimed in the world by the church. It existed before the church and therefore there is no church without the kingdom. Entrance into the kingdom means participation in the church. Don't get it twisted. As I said, the church is not a building, it's not an institution. How do you participate in the church? I just said, you get born again. Then you're brought into the body. Alright? So that's what, I, that's what it says about partic- participating. The disciples of Jesus. Who are the disciples of Jesus? Not the apostles only, but those who are. Because what does disciple mean? A student under learning. All who are in Christ are being made disciples. Because Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. So anyone who is in Christ is, and who is, a, who is being taught is a disciple. So Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, or the ch- in the church, are to do the works of Jesus, and they are custodians of the keys of the kingdom. Because Jesus said here in this scripture, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And Jesus said in verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It. Called out once. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. I will give you the keys as you have the understanding. And the, the revelation. So, if you are a student under learning, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are a custodian of, custodian of the keys of the kingdom. Amen. And keys are something that is used to give you access to something. But if you don't use the keys, you don't get access. The only way you get access to your car is you got to have the keys to open the door. So you could have the keys, but you've got to put it to use to get access to the things of the kingdom. So understand also, the church is a vehicle through which God can express himself by his spirit. Do you hear that? The call out ones, the living stones, that's the other way to put it, is the, are the vehicles God used to express himself by his spirit. Isn't that wonderful? Woo! It is a place where the will and purpose of God are expressed in all areas. And the mechanism where the wisdom of God will be revealed to principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this world, this age. 
We, the call out ones, are the vehicle God would use to express Himself, to reveal His wisdom to the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. The manifestation of the sons of God, the called out ones, the ecclesia. If you're in the body of Christ, if you are plugged into Jesus, none of this is the mystery to you. So Jesus was the mediator of a better covenant to bring to pass the promise God made to Abraham where the reality of this kingdom of priests and a holy nation can be established. The promise that what God said to Abraham and he said to Moses and Peter was declaring is the mediator through which this is going to be established and is being established is through Jesus the Christ. Because when Jesus said, Peter, the revelation that the Father has given you, this is what I'm going to use to build my church, the called out ones. So that promise that the Father made to Abraham, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, that will come to pass. Glory to God. <laughs> oh my God. The mystery was to bring all nations, both Jew and non-Jew, as one under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's, that's because he, he said to Abraham, through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall will be blessed. Through your seed. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Are you there? 14 through 18. Now listen to this. For he himself is our peace. That's Jesus Paul is talking about here. Who has made both, what both? Jew and non-Jew. Not made them both one. And has broken down the wall of separation. Having abolished in his flesh. The enmity that is the law of commandments containing ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man. From the two. Thus making peace. So in Christ. They did away with the laws. Did away with the law. Verse 16. And that he. Who he? Christ. Might reconcile. Oh God. Them both. To God in one body. Through the cross. Hereby. Thereby. Put into death. The enmity. And he came and preached to you. Who were afar off. And to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Amen. This is what I was talking about, Christ. This is why Jesus came. To do away with the old. And bring in the new. So that in him and through him, the ecclesia could be formed. Based on the revelation of who he is. So that you have now in him, which is part of his body, given him access to the kingdom. Let me go to another scripture. And I promise these are the last two scriptures. Colossians chapter 1. And Romans chapter 8. I got to I gotta show it to you. I can't just. I'm not going to just quote it. I'm going to show it to you. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 24 through 28. Let's, let's just read that first. And then we get to Romans chapter 8 after. Colossians 1. 24 through 28. Are you there? I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And fill up in my flesh. This is Paul speaking to, 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 the, to the people. What is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. For the sake of his body which is the church. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. 
which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26. Now listen to this. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations has now been, been revealed to his saints. So he's saying something that was hidden from all ages, from since Abraham has now been revealed to his saints. Verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So he said the mystery which was hidden. So when God spoke to Abraham and Moses, they really didn't have a clear picture of what, what, the, what God had in plan, what God's plan was. So all through the prophets, and then when Christ came, the mystery was revealed through Christ. And what is that mystery? That the glory, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And in Romans 8, you don't have to turn, I'll just, I'll just read it to you for time. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, you can write that down if you like. Romans 8, 29, it says, and I'm going to read it for you right now. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That we, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What is that saying? It's saying what it was always in God's plan. That those who are in Christ, those who are of the called out ones, that they will be conformed into the image of Christ Himself. Why? Because they are become they're part of Him. They're in His body. That He, Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. That is critical. So it's saying here, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was the plan. From the beginning. That through Christ. There is going to be one man. There is no longer Jew or non-Jew. Through Christ all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And in Christ. Being the progenitor. Or the prototype. Because he says Christ is going to be the firstborn of many. So Jesus came. Died and resurrected. He was the first. Resurrected from the dead. In that new form. Everyone else who believes now. Because he died and resurrected. Everyone else who believes now. Will be come forth like him. Because he says. He is the firstborn of many. How do we become part of him? How do we become conformed in his image? We, we have to be believed. As Peter did. As he got revelation. The father revealed who Christ is. You get called out. Part of Christ. And then you are shaped, conformed into that same image. The image of what? The citizens of the kingdom of God will all be sons of God like Christ himself. Remember what I said in the beginning in, in Exodus and First Peter? You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A chosen generation. A royal priest and a holy nation. His own special people. 
Now, listen to this. Who is Jesus? Jesus was the mediator of a better covenant. The mediator did away with the old, brought in the new, so that both Jew and non-Jew can be one in him. The firstborn of many brethren. What did God say? That we had to be a kingdom of what? Priests, a chosen generation, and also a royal priesthood. Our high priest is Jesus. What's the function of the priest? The priest is the mediator between God and man. In the Old Testament, the priest had to go, and he was the only one allowed to go into the temple, shed the blood, make an intercession for the people. So now we have our high priest, Jesus. Since the firstborn of many, he tore the veil. In him, we are what? Also priests. In him, we are priests. Because why? The priests are the only one who can go before God. So, so, since we are in Christ, we now don't need a priest. The only priest we need is Jesus. But we are in him, we are also priests. And we now can go straight before God. And we as the church, the call us out ones, we are what? Priests. And what is our function? To proclaim the word of the kingdom. So that those who are lost can be brought in and be priests in Christ. Just like us. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when you are in Christ, you are in the body of Christ. You also have access to the kingdom. The kingdom is full of what? Priests. It's a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Glory to God. I don't know about you. When I was reading it, you know, you, you hear, and when you start putting it together, I got so excited. Because we are priests. Why does it say we have the ministry of reconciliation? We are mediators between God and the lost. So when we proclaim the word of the, of the kingdom and people believe we take them from the, who are separate from God and brought them in relationship with God. So they're no longer separated. They're no longer enemies with God. They can go to God themselves now. Because it says what? We have fellowship with what? With Him and fellowship with one another. Isn't that exciting? Oh my God. Listen, I got excited. Just I couldn't wait to, to deliver it. And you all are just sitting there so quiet. But I'm saying it's the kingdom. He said, in Christ and as priests, we can come directly to God. With Christ. And we also have the power to reconcile people to Christ. So in the kingdom of God, it's made up of priests. But they're also sons. Because it says Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. But don't get it twisted. The sons has nothing to do with gender. Okay? Because God is the father of our spirits. So it's a kingdom of priests. Royal priesthood. A holy nation. Because all everyone in the kingdom is holy. Amen? So that is the function of the priest. The kingdom of God now and in its completion will be made up of holy priests. Or royal priesthood. His own special people. Sons of God. So we are a royal priesthood. We are treasure to God. Why? Because we are his children. Because when they talk about here. About what? Bringing us to maturity. Those are disciples. Listen. The time's coming. 
where the pressure is going to be put on the called out ones. And if you're a baby, you're going to grow up, you either grow up fast or you will wilt. So this is what I wanted to share today. That in Christ, as priests, we are priests. And now we can go directly to God. We don't need a priest. We already have a high priest. And we are in Him. Seated at the right hand of the Father. Because He makes intercession for us. And we now can go before the Father in and through Christ. And have koinonia with the creator of all things. Our heavenly Father. We, we can have fellowship with Him anytime, any place. Isn't that wonderful? And we are part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 